Kafka on the Shore, Chapter 22 The lorry Nakata was riding in arrived in Kobe just after 5 in the morning. It was light out but the warehouse was still closed and their freight couldn't be uploaded. They parked in a broad street near the harbour and took a nap. The young driver stretched out on the back seat, his usual spot for napping, and was soon snoring contentedly. His snore sometimes woke Nakata, but each time he soon dropped back into a comfortable sleep. Insomnia was one phenomenon Nakata had never experienced. A little before eight, the young driver sat up and gave a big yawn. Hey Gramps, you hungry? he asked. He was busy shaving with an electric razor using the rear view mirror. Now that you mention it, yes, Nakata does feel a little hungry. Well, let's go and grab some breakfast. From when they left Fujigawa to their arrival in Kobe, Nakata had spent much of the time sleeping. The young driver hardly said a word, just drove on, listening to a late-night radio show. Occasionally, he would sing along to a song, none of which Nakata had ever heard before. He wondered if they were even in Japanese, since he could barely understand any of the lyrics. Just the odd word. From his bag, he took out the chocolate from the rice balls he had got from the two young office girls in Shinjuku and shared them. The driver had changed smoke, saying it helped to keep him awake, so Nagata's clothes were reeking of smoke by the time they arrived in Kobe. Bag and umbrella in hand, Nagata clambered down from the lorry. You can leave that stuff in the lorry, the driver said. We are not going far and we'll come straight back after we eat. Yes, you are quite right, but Nakata feels better having them. The young man frowned. Whatever, it's not like I'm lugging them around. It's up to you. Much obliged. My name's Hoshino, by the way. Spell the name same as the former manager of the Chunichi Dragons. We are not related though. Mr. Hoshino, is it? Very glad to meet you. My name is Nakata. Come on, I knew that already, Hoshino said. He knew the neighborhood and strode off down the street. Nakata almost having to trot to keep up. They ended up in a small cafe down a back street. Seated among other lorry drivers and stevedores from the docks. Not a single tie in sight. All of them were intently shoveling in their breakfast as if they were filling up a petrol tank. The place was alive with the clatter of dishes, the waitress yelling out orders, the morning NHK news on the TV buzzing in one corner. Hoshino pointed to the menu taped to the wall. Order whatever you want, Gramps. The food's cheap here and pretty good. All right, Nakata said and did as he was told, staring at the menu until he remembered he couldn't read. I'm sorry, Mr. Hoshino, but I'm not very bright and can't read. Is that so? Hoshino said, amazed. Can't read. That's pretty rare these days, but that's okay. I'm having the grilled fish and omelette. Why don't you get the same? That sounds good. Grilled fish and omelettes are some of Nakata's favorites. Glad to hear it. I enjoy eel a lot too. Yeah, I like eel myself, but eel's not something you have in the morning, is it? That's right. And Nakata had eel last night when Mr. Hagita bought some for me. Good. Glad to hear it, Hoshino said again. Two orders of the grilled fish set plus omelettes, he yelled to the waitress. And supersize one of the rices, please. 
two grilled fish sets plus omelets one rice super size the waitress called loudly out to the cooks isn't it kind of a pain not being able to read hoshina asked yes sometimes i have trouble because i can't read as long as i stay in nakano ward in tokyo it's not so bad but if i go somewhere else like now it's very hard for me i guess so kobe is pretty far from nakano Nakata doesn't know north or south. All I know is left and right. So I get lost and can't buy tickets either. Incredible you were able to get this far. Many people were kind enough to help me. You are one of them, Mr. Hoshino. I don't know how to thank you. That must be tough. Not being able to read. My granddad was pretty senile, but he could still read well enough. I'm especially dumb. Is everybody in your family like that? No, they aren't. One brother is a department head at a place called Ito Chiu, and the other brother works at an office called M E T E. Wow, Hoshino said, pretty light bunch. So you're the only one who's a bit off, huh? Yes, Nakata is the only one who had an accident and isn't bright. That's why I'm always being told not to go out too much. and cause any trouble for my brothers nieces and nephews yeah i guess most people would find it awkward to have someone like you turning up i don't understand difficult things but i know that as long as i stay in nakano ward i don't get lost the governor helped me out and i get along well with the cats once a month i get my hair cut and every once in a while i eat eel but after johnny walker nakata couldn't stay in nakano anymore Johnny Walker that's right he has boots and a tall black hat and a waistcoat and walking stick he collects cats to get their souls you don't say hoshino said i don't have much patience with long stories so anyway something happened and you left nakano right that's right i left nakano so where are you headed nakara doesn't know yet but after we got here i knew i had to go across a bridge a big bridge near here Ah so you're going to Shikoku I'm very sorry Mr Hoshino but I don't know how jo- no geography very well If you cross the bridge are you in Shikoku Yeah if you're talking about a big bridge around here that's the one to Shikoku There are three of them actually one goes from Kobe to Awaji Island then on to Tokushima another goes from below Kurashiki over to Sakai Day and one connects onomichi and imabari one bridge would have been plenty but politicians stuck their nose into it and they wound up with three your typical vote winning projects hoshino poured some water onto resin table top and drew an abbreviated map of japan with his finger indicating the three bridges connecting honshu and shikoku are these bridges really big nakata asked they are huge Is that right? Anyway, Nakata is going to cross over one of them. Probably whichever one is closest. I'll work out what to do after that later on. So what you're saying is you don't have any friends or anybody where you're headed. No, Nakata doesn't know anybody. You're just going to cross the bridge to Shikoku and then find somewhere else to go. That's right. And you don't know where that somewhere is. I have no idea, but I think I'll know it when I get there. Jeez. Hoshino said he brushed back his hair gave his ponytail a tug and put on his chunichi dragon's cap their food was served and they started eating pretty good omelet eh hoshino asked 
Yes, it's very good. It tastes different from the omelets I always eat in Nakano. That's cause it's Kansai style, not at all like those tasteless flat things that pass as omelets in Tokyo. The two of them then silently enjoyed their meal. The omelets, the salt grilled mackerel, miso soup with shellfish, pickled turnips, seasoned spinach, seaweed. They didn't leave a grain of rice. Nakata made sure to chew each bite 32 times, so it took quite a while for him to finish. Get enough, Mr. Nakata? Yes, plenty. How about you, Mr. Hishino? Even me, I am stuffed. Perks up the old spirits, doesn't it, to have such a great breakfast? Yes, it certainly does. How about it? Got to take a dump? Now that you mention it, I do feel like it. Go right ahead, toilet's over there. What about you, Mr. Hoshino? I'll go later on, take my time about it. Thank you, Nakata will go and take a dump then. Hey, not so loud, people are still eating here. I'm sorry, Nakata is not very bright. Never mind, just go. Do you mind if I brush my teeth too? No, go ahead, we have got time, do whatever you want. Tell you what, I don't think you'll be needing that umbrella. You're only going to the toilet, right? Alright, I'll leave the umbrella. When Nakata came back from the toilet, Hoshino had already paid their bill. Mr. Hoshino, I have money with me, so please let me at least pay for breakfast. Hoshino shook his head. It's okay, I owe my grandpa big time. Then I was a kid, I was kind of wild. I see, but I'm not your grandfather. That's my problem, so don't worry about it. No arguments, okay? Let me treat you. After a moment's thought, Nakata decided to accept the young man's generosity. Thank you so much then. It was a wonderful meal. Hey, it's just some mackerel and omelettes at a nothing little calf. No need to bow like that. But you know, Mr. Hoshino, ever since Nakata left Nakano ward, everyone's been so nice to me. I've hardly had to use any money at all. Sweet, Hoshino said, impressed. Nakata had a waitress fill his little thermos with hot tea, then he carefully replaced it in his bag. Walking back to where the lorry was parked, Hoshino said, So, about this going to Shikoku thing? Yes, Nakata replied. Why do you want to go there? I don't know. You don't know why you are going or even where you are going, but you are still going to go to Shikoku? That's right, Nakata is going to cross a big bridge. Things will be clearer once you are on the other side, huh? I think so. I won't know anything until I cross the bridge. Hmm, Hoshino said. So crossing the bridge is very important. Yes, that's very important than anything. Man alive, Hoshino said, scratching his head. The young man had to drive his lorry over to the warehouse to deliver his load of furniture. So he told Nakata to wait for him in a small park near the harbour. Don't move from here, okay? Hoshino cautioned him. There's a toilet over there and a water fountain. You got everything you need. If you wander off somewhere, you might not find your way back. <coughs> I understand. I'm not in Nakano ward anymore. Exactly. This is in Nakano. So sit tight and I'll be back really soon. Alright. I'll stay right here. Good. I'll be back as soon as I do my delivery. Nakata did as he was told, not moving from the bench not even to use the toilet. He didn't find staying put in one place for a long time very hard. Sitting still, in fact, was his speciality. He could see the sea from where he sat. This he hadn't seen for a long, long time. 
When he was little, he and his family had gone to the seaside any number of times. He'd put on swimming trunks, splash around on the shore, gather seashells at low tide. But these memories weren't clear. It was like this had taken place in another world. Since then, he couldn't recall seeing the sea even once. After that strange incident in the incident in the hills of Yamanashi, Nakata went back to school in Tokyo. He had regained consciousness and physically he was fine, but his memory had been wiped clean and he never regained the ability to read and write. He couldn't read his school textbooks and couldn't take any tests. All the knowledge he had gained up till then had vanished, as had the ability to a great extent to think in abstract terms. Even so, they let him graduate. He couldn't follow what was being taught and instead sat quietly in a corner of the classroom. When the teacher told him to do something, he followed her instructions to the letter. He didn't bother anyone, so teachers tended to forget he was even there. He was more like a guest sitting in than a burden. People soon forgot that until the incident he had always got straight A's. But now the school activities and events took place without him. He didn't make any friends. None of, his, none of this bothered him though. Being left alone meant that he could be lost in his own little world. What absorbed him most at school was taking care of the rabbits and goats they raised there, tending the flower beds outside and cleaning the classrooms. A constant smile on his face, he never tire, tired of these chores. He was for the most part forgotten about at home too. Once they learned that their eldest son couldn't read anymore or follow along with his lessons, Nakata's parents totally focused on their children's education ignored him and turned their attention to his younger brothers. It was impossible for Nakata to go on to public junior high. So once he graduated from elementary school, he was sent to live with his relatives in Nagano prefecture in his mother's hometown. There he attended agriculture school. Since he still couldn't read, he had a hard time with his schoolwork. But he loved working in the fields. He might even have become a farmer if his classmates hadn't tormented him so much. They enjoyed beating up his, uh, this outsider, the city kid, so much. His injuries became so severe, one cauliflower year included, that his grandparents took him out of school and kept him at home to help out around the house. Nakata was a quiet, obedient child and his grandparents loved him very much. It was about this time that he discovered he could speak to cats. His grandparents had a few cats around the house and Nakata became good friends with them. At first he was able to speak only a few words but he knuckled down as though he was trying to master a foreign language and before long was able to carry on extended conversations. Whenever he was free he liked to sit on the porch and talk to the cats. For their part the cats taught him a lot about nature and the world around him. In fact almost all the basic knowledge he had about the world and how it worked he learned from his feline friends. At 15, he was sent to a nearby furniture company to learn woodwork. It was less a factory than a small woodworking shop making folk craft type furnitures. Chairs, tables and chests made there were shipped to Tokyo. Nakata grew to love woodwork. His boss took a great liking to him for he was skilled with his hands, never skipped any small detail, didn't talk much and never ever complained. Reading a design and adding figures weren't his forte, but apart from these tasks, he did well at everything he set his hand to. Once he got the manufacturing steps in his mind, he could repeat them endlessly, tirelessly.
After a two-year apprenticeship, he was given full-time employment. Nakata worked there until he was past 50, never once having an accident or calling in sick. He didn't drink or smoke, didn't stay up late or overeat. He never watched TV and listened to the radio only for the morning exercise program. Day after day, he just made furniture. His grandparents eventually passed away, as did his parents. Everybody liked him, though he didn't make any close friends. Perhaps that was only to be expected. When most people tried talking to Nakata, 10 minutes was all it took for them to run out of things to say. Still, he never felt lonely or unhappy. He never felt sexual desire or even wanted to be with anyone. He understood he was different from other people. Though no one else noticed this, he thought his shadow on the ground was paler, lighter than that of other people. The only ones who really understood him were the cats. On his days off, he would sit on a park bench and spend the whole day chatting with them. Strangely enough, with cats, he never ran out of things to talk about. The owner of the furniture company passed away when Nakata was 52 and the woodworking shop was closed soon afterwards. That kind of gloomy, dark, traditional furniture didn't sell as well as it used to. The craftsmen were all getting on in years and no young people were interested in learning the trade. The shop itself, originally in the middle of a field, was now surrounded by newly built homes and complaints started to come in about both the noise and the smoke when they burned wood shavings. The owner's son, who worked in town for an accounting firm, had no interest in taking over the business, so as soon as his father passed away, he sold the property to a property developer. For his part, the developer tore down the factory, had the land leveled and sold it to an apartment complex developer who built a six-story building on the plot. Every apartment in the complex sold out on the first day they were put on sale. That's how Nakata lost his job. The company had some loans to pay off, so he received only a pittance as retirement pay. Afterwards, he couldn't find another job. Who was going to hire an illiterate man in his 50s whose only skill was crafting antique furniture which nobody wanted anymore? Nakata had worked steadily for 37 years at the factory without taking a single day of leave. So, he did have a fair amount of money in his savings account at the local post office. He generally spent very little on himself, so even without finding another job, he should have been able to have a comfortable old age on his savings. Since he couldn't read or write, a cousin of his who worked at the town hall managed his account for him. Though kind enough, this cousin wasn't so quick on the uptake and was tricked into investing in a complex at a ski resort by an unscrupulous property broker and ended up deeply in debt. Around the same time, that Nakata lost his job, this cousin disappeared with his whole family to escape his creditors. Some Yakuza-type loan sharks were after him, apparently. Nobody knew where his family was or even if they were still alive. When Nakata had an acquaintance go with him to the post office to check on the balance in his account, he found out that only 10,000 yen was left. His retirement pay, which had been deposited directly into the account, had also vanished. All that could be said was that Nakata was extremely unlucky, losing his job and finding himself penniless. His relatives were sympathetic, but they had been asked to put up collateral and likewise lost everything they had invested with their cousin. 
so none of them had the resources to help nakata in his time of need in the end the older of nakata's two brothers in tokyo decided to look after him for the time being he owned a small apartment building in nakano that catered for single men this was part of his inheritance from his parents and he offered one of the units to his older brother he also looked after the money his parents had willed to nakata not a great amount and arranged for him to receive a subsidy for the mentally challenged from the tokyo metropolitan government that was the extent of the brother's care despite his illiteracy nakata was able to look after his daily needs by himself and as long as his rent was covered he was able to manage his two brothers had very little contact with him they saw him a few times when he first moved back to tokyo but that was it they had lived apart for more than 30 years and their lifestyles were too different neither brother had any particular feelings towards him and in any case they were too busy with their own careers to take care of a retarded sibling but this cold treatment by his family didn't phase nakata he was used to being alone and actually tensed up if people went out of their way to be nice to him nor was he angry that his cousin had squandered his life savings naturally he understood it was bad it happened but he wasn't disappointed by the whole affair nakata had no idea what a resort complex was or what investing meant nor did he understand what taking out a loan involved he lived in a world circumscribed by a very limited vocabulary only amounts up to 5000 yen or so had any meaning to him anything about that above that 100000 yen 1 million yen 10 million yen was all the same to him a lot of money that's all it meant he might have savings but he had never seen them they just told him this is how much you have in your account and told him an amount which to him was an abstract concept so when it all vanished he never had the sense that he had actually lost something real so nagada lived a contented life in the small apartment his brother provided receiving his monthly subsidy using his special bus pass going to the local park to chat with the cats this little corner of nakano became his new world just like dogs and cats he marked off his territory a boundary line beyond which except in unusual circumstances he never ventured as long as he stayed there he felt safe and content no dissatisfactions no anger or anything no feelings of loneliness anxieties about the future or worries that life was difficult or inconvenient day after day for more than 10 years this was his life leisurely enjoying whatever came along until the day the johnny walker train turned up nakata hadn't seen the sea in years for there was no sea in nagano prefecture or in nakano ward now for the first time he realized that he had lost the sea for so long he hadn't even thought about it all these many years he nodded several times to himself confirming this fact he took off his hat rubbed his closely cropped head with his palm put his hat back on and gazed out at the sea This is the extent of his knowledge of the sea. It was very big, it was salty, and fish lived in there. He sat there on the bench, breathing in the scent of the sea, watching seagulls circle overhead, gazing at ships anchored far offshore. He didn't tire of the view. An occasional white seagull would alight on the fresh summer grass in the park. The white against the green was beautiful. 
Nakata tried calling out to a seagull as it walked over the grass but it didn't reply and only stared coolly at him. There were no cats around. The only animals in the park were seagulls and sparrows. As he sipped hot tea from his thermos, rain began pelting down and Nakata opened up his precious umbrella. By the time Hoshino came back to the park, just before 12, it had stopped raining. Nakata was seated on the bench just as he had left him, umbrella folded, staring out at the sea. Hoshino had parked his lorry somewhere and arrived in a taxi. Hey, I'm sorry it took so long, he apologized. A vinyl Boston bag hung from his shoulder. I thought I'd be finished sooner, but all kinds of things came up. It seems that every department store has one guy who's got to be a pain in the ass. Nakata didn't mind at all. I was just sitting here looking at the sea. Hmm, Hoshino murmured. He looked out in the same direction, but all he saw was a shabby old pier and oil on the surface of water. I haven't seen the sea in a long time. Is that right? That last time I saw it was in elementary school. I went to seaside at Inoshima. I bet that was a long time ago. Japan was occupied by the Americans then. The seashore at Inoshima was filled with American shoulders, soldiers. You got to be kidding. No, I'm not kidding. Come on, Hoshino said. Japan was never occupied by America. Nakata doesn't know the details, but America had planes called B-29s. They dropped a lot of bombs on Tokyo, so I went to Yamanashi Prefecture. That's where I got sick. Yeah? Whatever. I told you I don't like long stories. Anyway, let's press on. It took longer than I thought and it's going to be dark soon if we don't get a move on. Where are we going? Shikoku, of course. We'll cross the bridge. You said you were going to Shikoku, didn't you? I did, but what about your job? Don't worry about it. It's, it'll still be there when I get back. I've been putting in some long hours and was thinking that I should take a few days off. To tell the truth, I've never been to Shikoku myself, so might as well check it out. Plus, you can't read, right? So it'll be a whole lot easier if I'm with you to help buy tickets. Unless you don't want me along. No, Nakata would be happy to have you along. Then let's do it. I already checked the bus timetable. Shikoku, here we come. Thank you.